Hello, hello. Welcome to the Drink Like a Lady podcast designed to get you a seat at the bar and in the boardroom. And I'm joined today by my colleague, Kathy DeCirico-Stewart, who is my partner in crime in this podcast, where every single week we are talking about a different aspect of female leadership. Kathy, how's life? Life is amazing. Uh, you know, pedicure, manicure, hair done, it's good, but there's nothing more. I don't even have to eat. I'm so happy at this I don't even know what words, I I fumbled to say words. I can't believe you've got a pedicure and a manicure and your hair done all in one good week. And we are way behind you in New York. You know, what's so interesting is for for everyone, and especially, I think, for women who take pride in themselves, it it almost felt like you left a part of you behind back in March. Yeah. You know, it was really, it was like Christmas all over again. (laughs) And that is the way, and everyone should wake up every morning that excited for their day. Well, last, you know, last week we talked about the merit of the pivot, and the pandemic really put a big spotlight on the fact that if you didn't pivot, it certainly affected your bottom line. And this week we wanted to talk about empathy, because the pandemic also demonstrated that if you weren't leading with a human-first attitude, people are going to remember how you made them feel. Yeah, so we were going to share six ways that yeah. you can amp up your empathy game, especially as a leader in the workplace. And the number one is to amp up your emotional game. Um, you know, I was having a conversation with a woman earlier this week who's head of diversity and inclusion for a company, a, a major, like, you know, Fortune 500 company. And she was saying that when she's hiring for diversity, she's not just looking at the skin tone. She's thinking about diversity of thought. Who's sitting around the table that has a different way of thinking when we're coming up with solutions? And I thought that was a really great way to put it. You know, one of the things I've always done in, in bringing teams together is what's the attitude? And then how does that attitude um, you know, actually translate into how they work with others? And then how do they, they get across their message of what they're thinking? And um, it is so absolutely are working with human beings. We are working at a very um, contentious time in, in some places as well. And um, it is so important to make sure that the people on your team uh, are diverse in terms of how they look at things. Yeah. And really checking in. I think, you know, this is a theme that came up again and again the entire time that I was checking in with my members, as I do traditionally during the week, was to check in with, um, with your clients, check in with your customers. And it's not, it wasn't an opportunity to sell or do anything but ask, how are you doing and how can I help you? You know, Joy, one of the things that um, we talk about, about how, are you, how are you doing, and people say, oh, I'm doing fine. The, the new phrase that people can actually uh, you know, use by just changing one word is, how are you feeling? Yeah. Because it's the feeling part that brings out the 
authentic, you know, opportunity to have a really deep and human discussion. So just that one word, how are you feeling versus how are you doing? And I love that you said that because every morning, you know, I'm one of those folks that gets up at 5 a.m. because that's really my personal development time. And that is also my time to check in with myself. Like as a leader today, how am I feeling? You know, am I am I ready to make a big decision today or should I maybe put it off till tomorrow because I'm not on my A game? I think so much of, you know, amping up your emotional game is also as a leader checking in with yourself. Like, was I a good person today? Was I a good boss today? Was I a good confidant today? All of those things are components of amping up your emotional game. <laughs> and I get to spend it's all about, you know, where am I at, just like you said. Because one of the things I said to, to a young woman years ago is that whenever I leave somebody, I want them to walk away from me and say, Kathy made me a better person. Yeah. Um, not a better worker, but a better person. So that goes back to waking up and getting yourself ready through meditating And filling up your own cup, right? So for those of you that are just joining us, we're talking today about leadership and empathy, and we're offering a series of tips on how you can be a more empathetic leader. And number one was amp up your emotional game. And number two is to cut your employees some slack, like meet them where they're at. Um, you know, I, earlier this week, I was looking at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? And it, it really breaks down where what we who we what we want as human beings and when you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs we're really at the safety level we were dealing with families that we've never been in such close quarters with before spouses dogs kids homeschooling and so you got to really think about where people are on that hierarchy when you're asking them to perform on a task because there's a lot of competing <laughs> a lot of competing things going on Yeah, I had a, uh, a woman whose dog barked the entire way through our phone call and she apologized profusely. And I'm like, listen, I, it's been kind of our state this entire time, so it's fine. Like, at least we got to communicate. We got our point across. We did a little shorter of a call than we would have because it just wasn't sustainable after a while. But dogs barking, kids crying, that's become part of cutting people some slack. You meet them where they're at. Doing a lot of 
lot of the essential work for our community. Got to just say, excuse me, I got to leave. And it actually turned this young woman totally around, and she understood that she had all the support she needed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So number one, um, up, amp up your emotional game. Number two is to cut your employees some slack, meet them where they're at. And number three, creating a safe environment, not only for giving feedback, but for receiving feedback. I actually had a bit of a gaffe earlier this week where I offered feedback in a group setting and I don't know that it landed well, you know, and I knew it right away. Instinctively, I knew it was, it wasn't good. So I asked one of my fellow friends who's a coach, I was like, you know, I want to be a responsible leader how could I have given feedback in a different way or a more constructive way? And I love what she had to say. She's like, you know, if you, you should really preface any kind of feedback you're about to give with this statement, which is how receptive are you to getting feedback today on a scale of one to 10? And if the person comes back with anything less than five, you just don't give that feedback. And it was, it was great for me because I'm going to now preface anytime I'm about to say something with permission, asking for permission. Yeah. One of the things that I've always done when I've had to have tough conversations and I know that the person is in a emotional state, I actually say, We're gonna have a tough conversation, but it's tough for both of you. Yeah. And I want you to know that as tough as it may be for you to receive it, it's as tough for me to give it. And what happens is it lowers the bar, you know, and usually I mean I don't remember ever after And you know, also when you're um, sitting across the table from a direct report and you're about to offer negative feedback, it's always good to start with the positive because as human beings, we've got a fight or flight syndrome, right? Like we're, we're primed to act one way. And if you already start out with, we're going to have to talk, that puts somebody on their back haunches, right? They're already in flight mode. But if you could start with something positive, and I think if I had to do that conversation again, I would have prompted everybody in the group to say something positive and something you need to improve on as opposed to maybe just coming right at folks with the direct approach. I mean, I always feel like the direct approach has been my way, but sometimes it's just not what people are ready for. Mm -hmm. Right. If you continue to acknowledge them along, these conversations become less prohibitive. They actually become more open. And, and if they realize that you're doing it to make them a success, you know, it, it's less of a challenge. But uh, you know, once again, you, I call it putting equity in the bank there for each of the individuals you're working with. Yeah, and we're just talking about respecting the other person too, right? And it's. Also creating a space where people can come back to you and feel like they're safe and offering feedback or offering their opinion and that there's not going to be some big blowback as a result of it. So number four, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say leadership, the real leadership also is about being open. Yeah. I've always been where, you know, I'm open to listening. I call it active listening because sometimes we, we're in, we are unable to see. We all have blind spots. And if someone else can see something you haven't seen, it, you can that's, um, that's great leadership right from the get-go. 
Right. So today, folks, for those of you that are just joining, we are talking about aspects of female leadership. Number one is amping up your emotional game when you want to be a more empathetic leader. Number two is to cut your employees some slack, beat folks where they are. Number three is making your uh, really just asking permission before you're offering any kind of feedback and figuring out whether the other party is ready for what you're about to say. And if not, maybe holding back for another time. Number four, Kathy, what we were going to talk about is making your intention clear. I mean, for months we've been on this modality, right? Which is audio calls and Zoom calls. And sometimes your intent gets lost in translation. And you never, you might feel like you're over communicating, but really it's just an opportunity to make sure that everyone's clear. Because as I keep saying, even on this podcast, you know, people are kind of jumping in and out. You want to make sure that everybody knows what's happening here and, and we're including our intent. Also, you know, you and I have had our share of technology gaffes when it comes to doing these Facebook lives. So even not being afraid of dead air, right? Like not being afraid if, if someone doesn't respond right away, checking in do they have are they hearing you are they are, are is there a blip in their technology feed you know being patient and forgiving of those things too and i always like to send an agenda before i do a meeting with anyone because then they know that you haven't reached the end of what it is that you're going to talk about you still have a little ways to go a bit of a runway to go What you're trying to achieve. All right, so number five is making time for both the work as well as the human connection. And I've overheard my boyfriend, you know, kind of, ah, oh, we got to do another virtual happy hour. And I'm like, but I understand why, because you're on calls all day long talking about the work, the next project. But have you taken time to just check in and see how folks are doing? companies are 
our arms and cheeks are they're our family at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, and, and reconnecting with them for a short period of time is just so critical to to how we feel about our own lives and, and the company too. You know, and that that last week, two weeks, it's a, it's ebb, you know, that's sort of subsided now, but when we were really hitting the peak with coming off the pandemic and then dealing with the Black Lives Matter, you know, the riots and the protests that were happening. And we were in the East Village, so we were right in the thick of it. You know, and I do these um, goal setting calls and accountability calls with my members throughout the week where we're checking in on your business, you know, what was a win, what was a challenge. And it became painfully aware to me that people, other emotions were bubbling up. And, uh, you know, I cater largely to a South Asian population and everybody had their own experience of a time that they felt they'd been discriminated against as a immigrant that was just always simmering beneath the surface and all of this all of this being talked about was really bringing it up to the surface. And so I really had to put create another space for people to be able to share and talk about what was happening for them because I didn't feel like it was authentic for me to keep talking about business. It wasn't top of mind that week. What did your friend share with you? I'm curious. I know I got one side of it. What did she share without going into too much detail? You know, she, um, what was so interesting for me about uh, her was that uh, she identifies with the fact that she was told, you know, you're a strong woman first and foremost, rather than a black woman. Um, and that she then became the center of uh, coagulation of ideas asked her right away the leadership from above her and she's the chief of staff she um, you know pulled them together what else can we do um, and she was very proactive but she also challenged the traditional leadership um, that was in the company to also do some of the work alongside of her rather than passing it on only to her male colleagues that's why And, you know, it goes back to that point that we made earlier about the diversity of thinking, right? Like the diversity of thinking is so important. So that I'm looking down because I'm, I'm uh, seeing who's asking us some questions. And Santa Chaudhary says that leadership and empathy are something that totally intertwines. Anita Ummer is giving us a thumbs up on the topic that we're talking about. And today, for those of you that are just tuning in, we are talking about female leadership and specifically um, empathy. Last week we talked about the power of the pivot, but empathy and leading with human first has really risen to the surface during the pandemic. And we are talking about six things that you can do in a continued fashion to be leading with empathy first. So the last point that we wanted to make was about addressing your why. 
And I think that whether you're not, you're working at a big company or you're, you're the founder of a small business enterprise, knowing your why is really always going to be something that you're going to have to come back to again and again and again when you're making decisions, when you're selling, when you're talking to somebody about doing a partnership or a joint venture, your why has always got to be front and center. Yeah. And when we live in our why, and when we are clear about our why, we are so authentic that people want to open up to us, they want to share with us, and we can um, inspire and motivate them to be the best that they are. Uh, I once had a conversation with a young woman behind closed doors. We were talking about where she was stressed out, overburdened. We were talking about how can we manage this within the scope of the duties and the company. What, what is it you want to accomplish? And she couldn't figure it out at that point. And I said, well, let me share mine. Because I figured if I share mine, it might help inspire her. Right, said, by way of example. I do. I want people to see me as a leader, period. Not that I'm a great you know, operational manager. Not that I'm a great business development person. Not that, you know, that I, I understand the whole cultural and branding component. But that no matter where I show up, And how's it? And how's it go? Like you know, when you're really trying to dig beneath the surface, you ask the five whys. So if someone's like, well, it's important to be a leader, but why does it? Why is it important for you to be a leader? What is it about leadership that makes you feel that empowered? I, I was out with a friend on Friday, and she knows me really well, but her husband asked me, he's like, what is your why? You know, as somebody who worked at McKinsey, so he's very sort of analytical in his approach of things, and I started to say my why, which I was very clear on. Um, and he kept pressing me, but why, but why, but why? So he asked me the five whys. I think he actually asked me like four whys, and then maybe another two. But, you know, at the end of it, my friend who knows me pretty well, she's like, you know, I'm your biggest fan. I'm one of your biggest champions. I don't know that I ever have heard you say that why. And meanwhile, I've been saying it all day long as I'm on sales calls, as I'm in networking with new people on the phone, but I realized that I wasn't actually saying it to my own membership that I had built, or maybe I wasn't saying it enough. So it was a lesson for me because that why wasn't even enough for the, the external stakeholders. The internal stakeholders needed to be reminded of it as well. You know, it's also very key to what we're talking about in terms of 
Yeah. Yeah. I am guilty of over communicating. I actually had another friend say to me, I have another email for you because you send too many emails. But I was like, well, you're never going to fault me with not knowing where you're supposed to be and at what time and, and how you're supposed to get there. So. So Kathy, this has been great. Um, we promised to only hold everybody for about 20 minutes or so, and we've made promise on that. Would it, does it make sense for me to go back and recap our six points? I think so. I think that, I think that would be uh, beneficial for everybody who's listening. So today, you know, we last week we talked about the merits of the pivot, uh, which has really become important during the pandemic. But this week we're talking about empathy and how being human first was really going to be a real uh, arrow in our quiver during this uncertain time. So now that we're talking about reopening and moving into a new sort of part of business, ways to continue to lead with empathy include amping up your emotional game, which means, you know, not only hiring for skin color, but also hiring for diversity of thinking. Um, cutting your employees some slack and meeting them where they're at. A lot of people, Kathy, including Twitter and Google and others are not going back to work. They are continuing to work from home. So meeting people where they're at because most people are functioning at a safety level with all these external things uh, vying for their attention in their home in a way they never had to deal with before. Um, asking permission before offering feedback and creating a safe environment for people to come back with their own thoughts and their own feedback. Making your intention clear. Just when you think that you've shared your intention of 5,000 times shared it 5,001 times because your intent may not necessarily have been clear the first 5,000 times. Uh, making sure that you're making time during the day for both human as well as the work connections. Hey, how are you doing? I'm checking in. Are you doing okay? How can I help you? And then the final one is addressing your why. And I'm guilty apparently of not saying my why enough. And I think as women, we tend to think if we're telling our too much about us, but what we have to realize is we are put here for a reason on this earth, and each one of us has to live our why in order to make it a great thing to live. Yeah. Kathy, it's been great. We're going to come together again next week on Wednesday to talk about yet another aspect of female leadership. Thank you, as always. It's always a pleasure. And if anyone wants to get a hold of you, where do you think it'll be? They can, um, they can email me at Stuart Kathy, S T U A R T, Kathy, K A T H I E, at gmail.com. Um, and I'll, I usually answer emails very quickly. Yep, and you can find me at ladydrinks.com. You can also sign up for my newsletter where we're hopefully going to be offering more, tip, more tidbits on leadership. And you can find that on ladydrinks.com too. Hey, have, everyone, have a great evening, everyone.